bienvenue, and indeed welcome to Riffs and Scripts. Riffs and Scripts. My name is Amber Sava. My name is Cole Bryant. Amber, how is the play going? Well, the play finished last night, so we did four performances as part of Camden Fringe. Boom. Now, in the context of being a Fringe show, it went really well we nearly completely sold out we got some amazing feedback we had some like professional writers and theater makers and artistic directors come and watch us so i think that people need to remember that you're working within a context so i'm not saying it's the best play that's ever ever existed because it isn't yet but what i do think is we did our first stage brilliantly and we're all going to take a little bit of time off because it's dominated our lives for the past like month. Mm. Step back, reflect, and then we're going to have um, some chats about what our next stage is. So, but for for phase one, phase one complete. Like that's how I feel. I feel like phase one went Marvel re- phase one complete. No, You've genuinely, got Iron Man down. that's the best way I can describe it. It was the first time this show was being performed. We had all sorts of challenges that are not really my business to talk about publicly. And we created something we were really, really proud of. And I like, this is something I really like that um, I can already see what to do next. Whereas sometimes you see a fringe show and you're like, oh, you know, that was nice. The end kind of thing. Like, good job. That was a good 45 minutes. And that's, bye. And that's kind of it. Whereas I'm now like, oh, and then we can do this and then we can do that. Ah, but uh-huh. we need to take a bit of a break. Um, the girls who wrote it are going on holiday, um, which I think is good. So we're all, we just need to actually make the effort to switch off, breathe, and come back to it with some fresh eyes in the near future. But it was a fucking great week. It was so much fun having the week be just for a theatre project. I make a really conscious effort that when I'm when I'm rehearsing, I can juggle it with work. When when it's like performance week, that's the most fun part of it. You know, that's that's after all the hard work's been put in. And I didn't have any other work but so all week it was just about that one show and it was just so refreshing and rejuvenating. And I had a great time. So yeah, thank you for asking. <laughs> there we go. How was Lots your week? Of fun. Lots of fun. Um, all right, I um, well been preparing actually for this weekend where Nate is going to be around for the first time in ages. But also this evening, I'm doing um, the day of recording at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm doing the first rehearsal that we've had since 28th of. Uh, well, weirdly, we didn't rehearse much in 2019, but the last time we played together was 28th of December in 2019. I mentioned that last week on the podcast. Um, it's so important to me to be in a room playing with other musicians because that's where music lives um we've we've had a really odd trend in the last couple of years where you've had people using tiktok more i've noticed and, and there's a lot of guitarists on tiktok going hey you could do this and hey you could do this and some of it's really great but some of it's really interesting because you're watching guitarists who are developers developing as musicians in total isolation which has some good points and has some bad points you get a lot of rehearsal in a lot of practice in Mm-hmm. Um, but um, it means you're only learning from YouTube videos. You're not playing with other people, which is like the whole point in music yeah. to me, at least. Um, you know, you're not you're not learning the indescribable things that you learn through through playing with other musicians about rhythm and about um, collaboration. We've talked about the whole subject before. I mean, the podcast, literally, but it's, it's something really valuable. Setting up today, I was having an issue. And I was like, I don't know how to fix it. I don't know what to do. And you were like, oh, that sounds like when this yeah. has happened because you've just been in the situation long enough. Exactly. Whereas exactly I'm not it. the technical person, like very rarely. So it's it's those things. It's going, oh, I recognise that sound. I recognise exactly that. that issue, that problem, that pattern. Have you tried doing this? Have you tried doing yeah. this? And, and because I've done loads of this kind of thing i can just say oh have you tried doing that because that's probably that doing that and you that's know? all expertise um, is not that we're experts at anything <laughs> but the word expertise just means that you've you've done it for long enough and made enough mistakes and seen enough random situations and found the solutions to be able to go okay here's what we do here's what we do here's what we do i think at the end of the yeah, day exactly. that's all anything is there's a lot of there's a lot of that but yeah it's oh, it's 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 been a, a crappy time for musicians over the last year or two. Uh, now, God, it's yeah, it's nearly it's two hard, years. It's hard, yeah. Um, and 
yeah, that time together is so important. Yeah. So I'm really excited about that. I've I've been doing a lot. I've I've got some new pedals, putting together a pedal board because um, when we we're in the writing room, I I play guitar as well. Uh, we don't currently have a bassist, so I fill in the bottom end so that Nath can like better work out riffs and things. Um, so I'm quite good at that. What else have I been doing? I've, I've been finishing off the booth. Like it's pretty much done. I've now. been meaning to ask um, about the booth. We haven't heard about the booth in months. How's yeah, it going? I, well. I, because I wasn't working in the muggle job today, it didn't matter when I went to bed. So I was like, I'm going to stay up late and I'm just going to finish the whole damn thing. And so I tried to do that and then I ran out of the adhesive I needed to stick the bloody panels on the wall. <laughs> so so I ordered some more on Prime, but it's turning up on, on Saturday. And Nath is coming on Friday today. Um, day of recording, sorry. Oh, this is the fictional recording land. Um <laughs> But uh, I'm going to do as much as I can because I've got carpet and stuff to put on the walls as well. So I'm going to do all that, then go to rehearsal this evening. I'm really, like, uh, I I had a really busy week last week. So I was doing um, a a, a particular application for a particular company um, that I'm hoping... I'm hoping it's going well. I only had one week to do it in and I was it was like a really busy week for everything else in my life. So um, I'm glad to be moving on to things I really want to be doing like band stuff. So I'm excited, Amber. Yeah, That's how I feel. Yeah. And I feel excited and indeed inspired. I knew you were about to do that, but I was loving it anyway. I was like, oh, check. He's going to find the segue. Watch him find the segue. Oh, oh, oh. There it is. Oh, that was like watching a really great athlete do like, oh my God, they're going to do it. They're going to do it. That was, Go! that was the joke I just made. That's that was exactly, my whole, yeah, that was the whole yeah, point. Okay, no, I just, yeah. <sighs> Don't just you just love it when you make a joke and then someone explains your joke and ruins yeah. it, guys? Isn't Sorry that fun? That. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, by the way, I need to tell you about someone else. So, um... Working at the Hope Theatre, there's a guy who, I, I think that his official title is like venue manager, theatre manager. So he did a lot of our tech. He helped us with our get-in and our get-outs. Really nice guy. His name is Jan. And we were chatting during the tech. And um, he was explaining his, like, credentials. He was like, I'm the guy. If you need me to put up a shelf, if you need me to fix something or paint something or whatever, I can be that guy. I can press buttons. And it led to the joke of menial man. So I called him menial man and he burst out laughing and loved it. And then I playfully went, I'm going to get you a mug. And he was like, I don't have a work mug. So you best fucking believe I got him a mug. (laughs) (laughs) And it had, like, you know, the kind of pop art like pow kind of thing on it yeah like comic yeah, yeah, book like style cartoon, but yeah. then with menial man in the middle and i gave it to him on the Love last it. night and i was menial so proud. Man. <laughs> shout out oh my god i might Jen. actually do that as a piece of music just as i sang that yeah man this is our little theme tune live your best Screw life it. yeah exactly anyway so let's get on topic about... i'm sorry you yeah. had a great segue and then i went right. straight off off the Thanks. road into the no, field yeah. next to the motorway just you know wasted effort but, i know. You know whatever um yeah today we're talking about the people in our lives who inspire us so a lot of us are obviously inspired by our, our heroes you know our big um you know uh famous in my case famous singers or frontman or, or comedians or actors or whoever For it might sure. be depending on your field but we wanted to talk first about people in our own lives who have inspired us so i mean I, i've written a few down but Amber, is there any, anyone that immediately sprung to mind when we, we started doing this? I've mentioned him before, but I'm going to give him another shout out, was the teacher I had since I was eight years old, you know, the one, who taught me between like yeah. eight and going to uni. He helped me. He was my GCSE drama teacher. He helped me get into drama school. He did extra classes with me. He helped me when I did my film. We did some one-on-one lessons and... He helped me get my first agent and all of this stuff that I've talked about before. He showed up to the show. How cute. And I didn't know he was Super coming sweet. and he surprised me. Super and I had sweet. proper one of those like, oh my God, what are you doing here? Kind of moments. Like it was Love just so lovely. And then, and again, afterwards I emailed him and I was like, right, don't be nice. How was it? Because you need people in your life that are unafraid to challenge you. Yeah, Do not absolutely. just surround yourself with people that are going to stroke your ego and 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 be full of hot air and no substance. I want people in my life. This is this is true when it comes to friendships, relationships, yeah, yeah. but especially with creative work who are going to challenge me. And he and I have a great dynamic of that. I remember once years ago, 
I can't remember what it was that I was working towards, but he said something like, you're going to show me what you've done. I'm going to tell you what, you what you've done wrong. You're going to be really upset for five minutes and then you're going to go fix it and it's going to be better. And I like Boom. was like, yeah, you're right. That sounds like that's basically what we do. Delicious. Yeah, cool, great. So like afterwards I was like, what do you think? And he sent me this whole thing about like, it's got a load of potential. Here's what's good. Here's what's missing. Here's, if you make it longer, I'd love you to expand on this. And he's just been such a supportive person and it's been in a very honest way do you know what I mean again he's never done it for credit he's never gone oh his he's never tried to like um claim any of my success as his own he's never tried to be like yeah she was one of my students I helped her get where she is even though he fucking did help me get where I am he has never acted that way he has never acted from a place of ego he has only ever acted from a place of i know you can do this and i'm gonna help you get there oh um, super sweet love him to pieces don't get me wrong like he has a standard i remember when we were doing our gcse and he has a great teaching track record like a great teaching track record and um like the the like results he used to say this year everyone got b's and above and things like that like he's got he does really well and there was a girl in our year who was just not doing the work and he I've never seen him really lose it but he just really calmly was like I've never had a student fail my class and I'm not starting today and I was Boom. just like shoot so like he's got a standard and he and he's and he's unafraid to challenge but it all comes yeah. from a really good place and it was amazing seeing him this week. He's got kids. And I remember I was one of his students when he took time off to go get married and go on his honeymoon and brought his first child in as a toddler. And we all like fawned over him. His first child is 17 now, which just made us go oh like, my God. Huh, huh, time passing. His first, his first child is like a, a, a proper human. I was like, your son's like a... going to be voting next year. He was like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it was amazing like... to see him. Wow. And he has introduced me, he introduced me to so many writers that I loved, um, like like the Sarah Kane, I, I've discovered through him, and and Terry Pratchett. Terry Pratchett was one of my favourite writers for years. Oh, uh, sorry, I said Terry Pratchett, which I didn't mean, but I do love Terry Pratchett. I meant Terry, I know, uh, sorry, sorry. I knew you meant someone else. <laughs> Terry Johnson is a playwright an English playwright who's hilarious, but then I said Pratchett. But he introduced me to Terry Johnson, who was my favourite playwright for years. So, like, he, he's just been this incredible guide my whole life, and I just don't mm. know... I'm not saying I would have had no life without him, but it would have been very different, and I would have gone in different directions, and the, the life and career that I've had mm. has been moulded heavily by his presence so his name is nick o'brien awesome. he runs a company called the stanislavski experience he teaches he still acts and he's directed and he teaches and he's just a fucking legend so there you go that's cool as shit yeah cool as shit man that that, that was nice I, I like that this person crops up every now and again in our little podcast because oh, he happy. is that's what he does in my life <laughs> He crops up, <laughs> gives me feedback, and then leaves again. <laughs> Aha! Have some, have some, have a critique. <laughs> Goodbye. Hey, Amber, do better. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely, um, man. It's going to sound really corny, but uh, top of my list is uh, my parents. Actually, um, I think that one of the main reasons I sing is because my mum and dad always sang to me, and I always sang back. Apparently. Um, that has that's really shaped, um, you know, musically what, what I like about music. I, I genuinely believe that the stuff that you listen to as a kid completely shape shapes what you like about music in later life. Oh yeah. Um, uh, you know, there, there's there's that rule in that people like what they know, and you know, introducing kids to music at a young age age means that they have. It's a bit like how bilingual kids have a richer experience of language and the world around them because they have the language to express That's a it. really good analogy and so yeah. and so introducing children to a wide variety of music from anarchic napalm death punk metal stuff to like mozart and you know to to the best of 90s pop you know like i i genuinely believe that you know you you uh grow a kind of lexicon of 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 
ways to interact with music and, and, and it's it's just good for you it's good for you to think you know listening to you know be it um metallica or robbie williams you know i think that's brilliant so my my mum and dad introduced me to a lot of music and i've said before my dad did a lot of blues piano um my dad knows everything about classical music um in my house monday nights we do shouting at the telly night uh, and what that means <laughs> is we watch Mastermind Only Connect and University Challenge. My parents and, do this. I'm not. I don't yeah. live with them, so but they do like a weekly quiz night. Yeah, we 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 call it shouting at the telly night. And my dad used to be able to beat some of the teams in University Challenge. That's the kind of level we're talking about. This got a lot harder. He said, um, "I did fucking well and only connect this week. I did I did like five questions in a row. No. Fucking boom. Congrats. I only connect this hard as shit." Sorry, but yeah, my 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 parents really influenced my um, music. You know, um, I remember all the songs they used to sing to me. You know, uh, uh, Porgy and Bess, um, and um, uh, you know Scarborough Fair. All these wonderful songs, and it really oh, shapes you. I love you. Scarborough so, Fair. Um, That's one of my mum's favourites as well. Parsley sage rose, and then I can't sing anymore because of copyright. But you know, Porgy and Bess, uh, Summertime, and um, all this beautiful, wonderful music. Simon and Garfunkel stuff yeah, as well. Yeah, same. Um, when I was a kid, and it really uh, has enriched me as a person. So cheers, mum and dad. I was going to say my parents go. too, but for a different reason, because we're basically summing up our Origins episode. But um, my parents inspire me, not because they, they don't work in the arts. They just, they don't. My mum loves rock music, and she definitely had an influence over that. But apart from that, they were very, um, like, humble beginnings people, um, my mum comes from a very working class background in Manchester, down with Thatcher, you know, those types. And, um, down with Thatcher. I mean, down with Thatcher, but like, you know. And <laughs> my my dad was the son of immigrants and then they went back to Cyprus and he served his years in the army and they had kids pretty young and they were just they were just in a position where they had to make it work. They had mm. to work it out. They had kids to support. They had to find a roof. They had no support from anyone. And I don't mean that in a dig to the people who were there for them, but not in the same way that most people have support, you know? And I'm just really, really proud of the world that they have genuinely built from the ground up for me and my brother. And I think because they came from such a lack of privilege in their own very different ways... They didn't really, neither of them went to university. My dad didn't go to university and he is so successful in IT now. Like, that's fucking impressive, you mm. know, because he was there in the 90s pulling computers apart and learning and he would be the guy, you know, when it, when computers were new, you would, like, call someone to come fix them. He was, like, that guy before I was born. But um, my point is they, they didn't have much choice when they were younger. They really did have to build from the ground up. And not just in their careers, um, in their finances, but also in their like personal growth. Again, they they haven't mm. necessarily had the kind of like wise, inspiring people to guide them. Um, whereas my mum spent years like teaching herself, finding the self help books, finding the seminars and the workshops and the TED talks, and and looking for the guidance to become a better person. And so many people in the world, again, it, we're, we're, I'm, I seem, my theme this week seems to be about allowing yourself to be challenged. So many people don't want to ask themselves difficult questions. So many people don't want to face their demons in the name of doing better. Whereas my mum has always really lent into that. And she, her like level of growth over the years I've watched her as her child is just staggering. Um, and my point is they they've they have that attitude of wanting to give their kids everything they didn't have so they have never once mm. suggested i do something other than art because they know mm. that it's what i want and they are going my my dad's outlook is and my mom's is you get to choose what you want to do and it's my job to try and facilitate that as best i can mm. and i just really respect them and they it just really impresses me how well they've done mm. and yeah Again, wouldn't wouldn't be who I am without them, obviously. Do, do you know what? I um, do you mind if I say something? A, 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 a ghost of a fart of political, but uh, it's slightly political. Um, I think immigration has made this country infinitely richer. Um, 
and and I can see that in 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 so many aspects of my life, be it be it from music and art to food to um to just you know industry you know um but uh i'll, I'll give i'll give a prime example my favorite band uh when i was a teenager was black sabbath and the lead guitarist from black sabbath is tony iomi who's the son of italian ice cream sellers you know yeah like they, they came over in well it must have been the 50s or 60s i guess um probably would have been slightly earlier and uh set up an ice cream shop in in birmingham you know and uh you know, if it weren't for that, heavy metal wouldn't exist. So I'm just saying. But also, you know, my great grandfather was American. Um, uh, also, you know, Irish immigration in my family. Um, oh yeah. Way back. So, um, but that doesn't count to a lot of people. So, um, never mind. <laughs> but I just think that's important. Amber, I'm going to talk about someone who inspires me Go for it. in a way that isn't necessarily um, is artistic, actually. But in terms of you talking about work ethic and you were talking about um, people that inspire you because of being relentless and doing stuff. And that person is called Amber Saver. Did you know Stop. that? Stop. You're not. I didn't so, prep this. No. So, um, I, so uh, yeah, um, I met Amber through um, obviously doing all, all the extra stuff and I was immediately impressed by how fervently you were pushing to be an actor. And I was really, really impressed by that because um, it's hard in the creative world to keep going and it's hard to set your mind, set your eyes on something and really just keep fucking going to it. So, Amber, you inspire me. How, how sad was that? But I that's was genuinely true. For that and one. It's, one, it's one of the reasons why I'm really happy about the podcast because you pushed, pushed me a little bit to go, come on, let's just do it. And I was like, uh, yes, just, do it, just, all right. Just a little push, just and, uh, a little kick good, over it's good a for me. push. It's, it's good for me, <laughs> and, and I hope it's good for you, but it's it's good for me to, to be doing this shit all the time. So cheers, mate. Oh, you're welcome. That was a bit sad, wasn't it? Bit soppy, God. what you like? Yeah, a bit soppy. Jeez. I loved our little time on that set together, though. Like I, just, I will always treasure that as a really wonderful part of my life. I just love any I, moment I really where will. you feel like you're surrounded by your own people. Like, and that's not me. Yeah. I'm not promoting like tribalism, but I am saying, you know, finding people that are like you and people that you resonate with. It's just a wonderful feeling. I went and saw um, my friend Eliza play Rosalind in As You Like It a couple of weeks ago. Did I mention this already? You have mentioned it on last week's episode, I think. The yeah. thing that was so much fun was watching all these actors who I didn't know. I didn't know any of the other people, but they were enjoying performing and it was a very intimate space and they were like making cheeky eye contact with each other because it was a comedy and making each other laugh and they were ad-libbing. And I felt so connected to these people that I just didn't even know. But it's like, ah. Oh, it, I just it was really nice to be reminded of the community that we haven't necessarily been able to see as much of in lockdown. I can't wait for us to get to meet up again because we've been we've yeah, been saying be nice. we will for all summer but we haven't yet. But we'll yeah, get there. Yeah, it's yeah, you know, life gets in the way and also it'd be good if I finished my bloody booth and then we'd actually, you know, have a proper setting to sit and just do some recording. Yeah. Also just hang out a bit frankly. <laughs> Would you like to go again, again with uh, with another person? I, d I don't have another specific one. I, it was more of just like a theme that I have. Well, I have three. Ooh. So I mean, I, I I'm gonna if you if you'll permit me, Amber. Please do, darling. If you'll permit me. Um, uh, I was gonna end on yours, but because because you said that, I just went straight in. So I've, my uncle Chris is a guitarist in kind of rock and roll bands and he used to own you know Denmark Street um near Tottenham Court Road right um he used to he own used Denmark to own... Street no he used to have a <laughs> shop on Denmark Street which funnily enough was in phone jacker yeah he got called up on phone jacker how weird is. is that um yeah they, they never got he, he asked them for money and they wouldn't sort it out but um yeah he used to own a shop on Denmark Street and um sold musicians and, and uh, sold instruments for musicians and stuff and um, he's got so many interesting connections with loads of interesting people who I know about from having learned about kind of the history of popular music over the last 50, 60, 70, however many years. Um, and yeah, he always inspired me to be a player and get on stage and sing and play and do stuff. And, um, you know, some of my earliest kind of performances were hanging out with him and doing a couple of songs, doing House of the Rising Sun and, and doing... Um, 
uh, we, I did Paranoid with his band at one point, which was fun by Black Sabbath, mm. um, which was for them an interesting heavy metal experiment. He's someone who um, he, he actually taught me a lot about about playing guitar as well. So, for instance, one thing that a blues guy told him is that you should play every note like it's your last. Mm. So what what he means by that is you should play it right and you should play it well and you should connect well and you should have great vibrato and you should play it deliberately and with intent. And it's something that a lot of guitarists miss out on. That's actually really shaped how I play guitar. Um, I'm not the best guitarist in the world. I'm not, I, I mean, a lot of people would call me a singer who plays guitar rather than a guitarist and a singer. But you know what I mean by that? Mm. Um that's really affected my opinions on things like when when i look at like people who want to be brilliant shreddy fantastic guitarists who might actually have a lot of potential in them there's basic things like that basic principles of music like that that you know some people are missing because no one actually tells them this stuff so that's why it's important to have people in your life who inspire you and uh you know inspire you to be better and do better yeah um so you know he taught me a lot about music and um i mean i've not seen him that much recently but um i'll make an effort maybe i'll play with him again sometime soon that'd be nice yeah um i've got a few more people i've got a few more i'll I'll jump in go for it um uh if we're gonna since you said uncle i'm gonna mention my auntie jane who is one of my favorite people in the whole world she and my mum were like best friends in manchester when they were teenagers and my auntie jane is just such a wonderful unique unapologetically intelligent woman and it's something i just love about her like if you hang around her too long you will get um you'll get the impulse to go traveling (laughs) Mm. because she travels so much she she's lived in ibiza in areas of spain she like south america she she got fluent in spanish because she felt like it she does like research for universities so she's an extremely academic woman she's very academically impressive like insanely so she used to look at essays for me when I was doing a levels and throughout my uni and everything not every essay but every now and then she'd send me like some notes on on how just on how to write essays how to structure your point and communicate um she's written a book on female pleasure and again, she just sometimes makes me feel more understood than a lot of other people. She's she's incredible at like listening and at obs- observing people and absorbing what they're saying and how they're feeling. Mm. And she's just so who, who she's just so herself. So she'll she'll she had a, she had a job for a while house sitting for someone who had like this stunning house on a mountain. So she was like, "Great, I'm gonna look after their house for a few months and write my book." Like she's just this. That's cool. She's just so good at what she does, and whatever she does, she does it so effort not effortlessly. Cause she does work really hard, but she does it with such ease and passion. And yeah, if I hang out with her too long, I start go I start thinking about booking flights. <laughs> <laughs> like oh i, I should that. try she is like she is what books like eat pray love tried to talk about you Do know you want... but she just is actually authentically yeah this incredibly yeah. she wanted to uh come and do some teaching in this country but she said like the whole system for becoming a teacher is just an endurance test and loads of hoop jumping and she was like i don't want yeah. to put myself through that but she teaches english to abroad she's just fucking brilliant and so much cool fun. shit listening to you is, is making me think of so many more people yeah um, same so for instance uh i'm gonna mention simon my uh university lecturer um in creative writing who i have on facebook and um he's an expert in folklore and like, love it like so so he he's a really interesting person i don't want to talk too much because we don't talk about politics too much on the podcast but he's quite a political person uh, he's very kind of he, he, he's conscientious about stuff um and he's really he's a clever guy mm. uh and he told me i mean I, I i'll give an example of something that i remembered from from my uni uni days um we talked about lord of the rings and we talked about how um when lord of the rings was built you look at this huge map of stuff and you're like because, you know, Tolkien's world building is pretty much some of the most comprehensive world building in, in all fiction, right? Um, and you look at the map 
and the map you're like how did he build all this stuff but if you look at just um bilbo's journey he goes he's in a here he is in a forest and here he is in, in a mountain and here he is here and it's just a straight line that goes up to the mountain and back right but i know that's like not really related to what we're talking about but he was able to just talk to me about that in such an interesting way mm. that um that's always stuck in my head he's um he also is uh an expert he's done a ted talk which i will send to you okay. um about how the importance of stories and um it's it's really really valuable and actually fills into what i said earlier about people of different nationalities being really important because we can learn from other people and other people's subjective experience and that's really what it's about we can be inspired by other people there we go that was a cheeky little love cool it. link back love it but um simon simon if you're listening i think you're fucking great so um yeah not someone who necessarily i look at for music he's done all this stuff about jewish folk tales as well really important stuff that that needed to be done so you should look up his work um simon haywood cool as shit should we do one more each oh yeah i've got too many but yeah okay my last one is going to be a bit generic but it really means a lot to me um i I'm inspired and comforted when I see people in an everyday context, because that's kind of what this episode's about, mm. who are achieving all the different plate-spinning dreams that I want. So I get this sometimes with parents of the kids that I teach, because they're sending their kids to art classes with me. But when I taught a child whose dad is a world-renowned classical musician, like... It w- we looked him up. I was like, oh my gosh, he's a conductor. He plays all these instruments. He is one of the biggest names in classical music, but he also has time to be married and have kids and bring the kids mm. to my classes. And like, that's always been such a fear of mine is, is that, yeah. it, am I going to have to sacrifice romance and parenthood for my creative dreams? Mm. So when mm. I meet people who are actually managing to do it, it must be hard and there must be some things that had to give over the years, but they are doing it. I I have some kids I've been teaching for a really long time, so I've gotten to know their parents quite well. Across both their parents, you've got producing, writing, acting, comedy, and they've got two kids and the kids are brilliant and clearly really happy and well-adjusted. Mm. Like, it just, it just inspires me in a very like down to earth way of look, it is just a job at the end of the day. And we've said this before, you know, a lot of jobs are challenging and involve travel and demand a lot of commitment and people manage to do it. So it's, yeah, it's, it's the parents that I meet who really are doing well. I I was in a show with a girl and her parents, one of them was like a jazz musician and the other one did something completely different, but still creative. So they both had separate jobs that meant that they had to travel a lot. And they would, for for a, maybe 30% of the year, like three or four months a year, they mm. just had to be long distance. And that was yeah. just part of their relationship. But they loved, they were, cheer, they were like each other's cheerleaders and were happy for each other. And they got to live their dreams and meet up when they could. And they still yeah. had kids and a marriage or... I did an acting job for a woman and we rehearsed in her house because she had two children and her husband was a roadie. So he mm. he was either away on tour and yeah, just yeah. not available or when he wasn't away on tour, he was 100% available. So when he mm. was around, he was doing odd jobs. He was decorating the house. He was doing the school run and she was running a, a theatre company from home so that mm. when he was away, she could look after the kids. And I was like amazing i just love getting the message that you can do it if you find a partner that is willing to work with you and i it just it means a lot every time i get to see that i think it's really actually important that that the world is actually full of those success stories right um like like you meet any kind of normal people who who work in a creative industry directors and because they're all just normal people who are trying to live their blooming lives but do something that they want to do at the same time and actually there's buckets of marriages that work completely fine you just have to have an understanding um about about what you're doing and how how you each are living your lives and it's hard work but but actually the world is full of those success stories people at home so you know maybe it's worth still pursuing those those dreams you want to have um I think particularly for young women because there's a bit of a pressure yeah. or um, not writing off either your dream or the ma- or the romance exactly. for the other one do you know like exactly. yeah you don't have to choose 
there are solutions. No. You just have to find a partner that is compatible with you and who's Straight willing on, to put in that. Any marriage is going to be work. Do you know what I mean? Like, of course it is. If you want to marry an investment banker, that's not going to be easy. They work such antisocial hours. <laughs> Do you know? Like, so, you know, mm. it, it, there will always be compromises. So every time I see, like, a family unit where the parents do work in these kind of slightly circusy, out of the ordinary artsy jobs, mm. but they're all happy. It just mm, inspires me. Okay, so I've still got three left, but I'm going to kind of do two at once. So okay. um, uh, I'm going to do talk more about music ones because I didn't really talk about too much to do with music. Um, mostly just talked about cool people in my life. But... Um, Nath, best friend in the world. I love him so much. Um, I'm so glad he's coming over this weekend. Um, he's really helped me learn a lot more about music. Um, I think I, I've done the same, actually. We've we've grown up in parallel and um, into different people, but we've got a, an unspoken connection that um, is really rare to find in life and is immensely valuable. Someone who actually really gives a shit about you as a human being as well. Um, so, yeah, my friendship with Nathan is really important. And, and all through my life, he's inspired me in so many interesting creative rock, creative ways. He's such an interesting guitarist. Um, he, he thinks outside the box when compared to so many of our peers. Um, and uh, yet, you know, we're quite different in a lot of ways. Um, and very similar in others, a particular sense of humour, actually. Um, uh, so so I mean yeah just Nath I mean you know he's, he's introduced me to so many so many bands so many interesting musicians uh, I got to I got to walk him through for the for, I remember in my in my late teens or maybe my early twenties I I introduced him to Rage Against the Machine which he'd only heard when when Killing in the Name of was on and everyone else was like oh I really like Killing in the Name of and I was just like that's like not even anything like their best song like and I just went through Nath you're gonna really like this track and this track and this track I remember doing that that was so much fun for me because I got to return I would favor. love us to spend a day doing that. Just yeah, hanging cool out, shit. yeah. That that'd be fucking great. Um, I, okay, uh, one last guitarist who's brilliant. I think one of genuinely, and I I don't say this lightly, one of the best best guitarists in the world um, is uh, a friend of mine called Rob Tognoni, who is a blues rock guitarist um, from Tasmania. Um, he's an example of someone who can live a bit of a rock and roll lifestyle, and you know, have done it all. You know, drinks and girls and 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 fags and things, and yet is a very good and kind person, um, and is f- so fucking phenomenally good at guitar. Look up Rob Tognoni, uh, R O B T O G N I N I. Um, wait, I've spelled that wrong. Never mind. Rob Tognoni. It doesn't matter. He's <laughs> like like he's all over Spotify now. Um, and uh, I first came across him when, when so, he, he's a blues blues guy and uh, first came across him when some friends took me to see him and I was blown the fuck away. And then I later started reviewing um, for a magazine called Night Shift Magazine in Oxford. And um, I had the opportunity to go to one of his gigs to review him. And so I went along and I actually said to Nath, which is why I'm bringing Nath into the story, Nath, you haven't heard of this guitarist, but you're going to come along with me and you'll think he's like the fucking best thing. He's like a slice of fried gold, you know. Um, and uh, Nath was like, holy shit, he's fucking good. And uh, and I was like, yeah, he's really fucking good, Nath. And then I wrote a review and then we later gigged with him. And then every time he came to Oxford since we gigged with him, he has deliberately said, guys, can you can you play with me when I come to Oxford? Aww. So that was like our relationship. And I am on Facebook. We're really good buds. And okay, so... He's a proper typical Australian guy. I don't mind saying the word can't a lot. So um, me and Nath are going to get a tattoo that, that is what what would Rob Tognoni do in the ACDC style lettering? Right. Because so many people fuck you off and treat you like shit in music particularly, but in the world in general. And uh, if ever we talked about that kind of thing to Rob, he'd say, yeah, fuck him, can't. So um, that is how we go through life. Ah, oh, fuck him, you know. And uh, that's what, what what Rob Tognoni would do. And so we we have WWRT um, D. What would Rob Tognoni do? To be oh, fair, I think again great. we all need someone like that in our lives as well. Someone who's like not afraid to just to like like let you be a bit angry or be a bit yeah, angry exactly. on your behalf. Go, oh no, fuck them. You don't owe them shit. You know the one that's like got your back in the way that. It's like, no, don't worry about being nice and being polite. Fuck it. Move on. It's fine. I think yeah. that... Also, yeah, 
I, I don't I, I want to reiterate literally one of the best guitarists in the entire world genuinely hands fucking down he'll shit all over everyone else that's what I think um, I think that kind of brings us towards the end there was one more person I just wanted to say my grandfather Jack Lacey I'll probably do a whole episode about him in one point in time but he really influenced me as a person and my outlook on the world so thank you my grandfather Jack um, just to finish up to just to finish up because I feel like we've been we've been very very sweet for us we haven't done a pet yeah. peeve in a really long time can you think of one man pet peeves um yes go on i've got a really fucking good oh, pet peeve is let's this do it is this because i fucking messaged you the other night saying oh something's really pissed me off amber I need no to talk it was just it. because it was just okay. because this is like the sweetest tenderest episode we've ever right. had and i thought we should right. balance it a bit That's here's all. something where i'm gonna give you a correct opinion <laughs> All right, so um, there's a thing that's happened over the last 20 years in which people will not stop fucking making remakes of things and fucking doing that. I I don't mind sequels too much because at least they're telling a continuation of a story while still getting the nostalgia boost from, you know, going over that. I find it it is still a bit tacky, but remakes irritate the absolute shit out of me. Um, Then again, I really like Jurassic World, but here's a problem with trailers, and it's happened since Michael Bay, um, is that in action film trailers, they do this thing where when they're making a rehash of an old film like Jurassic World, they will take the phenomenally beautiful and brilliant soundtrack by John Williams and they'll try to make it into um, a modern sounding soundtrack by adding a shit ton of bass and then highlighting the wrong fucking notes. So um, in, in the Jurassic World trailers... You will hear them go at the end. Yeah. It's the most fucking stupid sound of shit in the yeah. fucking world. Stupid fucks. <laughs> and, and they've tried to make it sound doomy and scary when it's a beautiful, yeah. wonderful, adventurous piece of music and it's about the world opening up and this wonderful, incredible scientific thing yeah. as dangerous and dark and scary as it might be. It's also beautiful and magical and wonderful. And that's the whole point. When you walk out and they see the fucking dinosaurs and you hear da 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 Yeah, that's, that's a beautiful moment. That's like a you know? shire moment. It's... That's meant yes, to be that exactly kind that. of thing, yeah. Thank you, John Williams, for being right at music. <laughs> um, so they tried to do it recently um, with Jurassic World and they fuck up the music in the trailers and it pisses me off. They've done the same thing in Top Gun. Now, I never saw the first Top Gun. I don't give a shit about watching the new Top Gun. But they took this great piece of guitar music. Um, and they've tried to make it modern by slowing it down and then adding shit tons of bass and it just sounds fucking stupid and it sounded uninspiring and it made me deliberately not want to watch a film that I probably wouldn't have watched anyway but I might have watched on Netflix when it came out but now I'm not going to. Okay. Because of that trailer, so fuck you. Yeah. Do you know what annoys me ideals. in trailers? It's very similar. Is when you get one big bass note, then someone talking to give exposition, then dun. Yeah, that's the Michael Bay thing. And the Transformers Bow. coming. Dark screen. Dun. Yeah. Oh no. And dun. since then, all the fucking action films do that. I know. And so I they're hate doing it. that. I hate it. And they're so doing much. that, and then they're doing it rehashes of old things. Yeah. I mean, Transformers was a fucking rehash of the eighties anyway. You sick fucks. Right. And also, the the original Transformers <laughs> film had brilliant music. What the have fucking I cartoon one. I'm so angry. <laughs> all right. The the music. <laughs> Something evil's watching over you. That's the original Transformers thing. That's like a fucking eighties metal metal thing. Oh, it's fucking great. I think it's a band called Lion. And it's fucking brilliant. And why would you get... Oh, you fucking... I'm so angry. Stop Ooh. shitting up music by being idiots with it. Oh, no, let's just put loads of bass and loads of just really low brass down on there. And then we'll just copy what, what Michael Bay did in all, all of his fucking films from bad boys to fucking Transformers. You know why he does that thing? When, you know, okay, so you know bad boys when they go, shit, just got real, and then the camera goes all the fucking way around? So it turns out Michael Bay was obsessed with the film of West Side Story. This is really interesting, actually. So he was obsessed with the film of West Side Story, and um, there's a YouTube channel called Every Frame a Painting that everyone should look up because it teaches you loads about how loads of people make films. And in the films of West Side Story, all the action sequences with the jets and the... um, Sharks. Oh, what? The jets and the sharks. There's all these shots where they jump over the camera and they do this and, and, and it goes backwards and stuff. And all this, um, it's what you call bayhem, which is using camera angles that should not be fucking used. They're supposed, oh, this is making it look tense, except they're just having a normal conversation at a fucking gym or something. You stupid fuck. So, so um, he's obsessed with that. And so everything is way too much intensity, just like now talking to me. 
uh, when it doesn't need to be like that. And it pisses me off. So I just think Michael Bay has influenced trailers very much for the worse. And it means a worse thing for music. And it means the music is less inspiring. And music should be inspiring. And I should be inspired by music. And that, I think, is my last angry opinion Woof. for today. I did not realise I was unleashing such that. a beast. You are right? I, I, did you feel I better? Threw, I threw my pen across the room. You threw a book? And I threw a book. <laughs> and uh, I punched a squirrel. So and... I'm going to try and do mine quickly. <laughs> but yeah, it is actually that. something I really care about. And I've not said anything yeah, about it. it before consulting someone from the community it impacts. So okay. I care a lot about representation I really do. I have had debates with people, with fellow actors on an agency I've shared about about topics of when it isn't isn't okay to apply for jobs where you you're representing someone else, you know. Mm. We it's a big 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 topic and it matters. It matters so much. Mm. What pisses me off is this very specific thing. Lin-Manuel Miranda wrote Hamilton, right? He also wrote In the Heights, he did the music for Moana. Lin-Manuel hmm. Miranda has single-handedly done the most for racial diversity, specifically in casting, than anyone I can personally think of. Boom. Like, he just has. Deal with it. Hamilton, Full stop. Hamilton Amber's was correct so, opinion. Correct. Hamilton was so ceiling-smashing. It went, yes, we're doing a historical play where all the characters were white and we're going to make it the a lot of them black and Latina, okay? And I think that's amazing. In the Heights came out this year. In the Heights is one of his really, really, really beloved projects because he is um, a South American man. And so it's about um, a, the Latin community and speaking Spanish yeah. and the, and things like that. I don't know it start to finish. I'm dying to see it. I just haven't yet. But that's what it's about. It is a love letter to those kinds of communities. Yeah, yeah. And when it came out, there was a slice of the internet that really, really came for him because there weren't enough black people in the film because black people also contribute to South American communities. Yeah, but absolutely. It's, but it's like, I see your point. I really see your point. And I'm not saying we shouldn't work on representation. I'm really not. What I am saying is do not hang, mm. draw and quarter someone yeah. who is the absolute spearhead of this exactly. exact progress. Pick. Pick your fucking targets. He's better. done more for for representation in casting than genuinely anyone I can think of. So fine, maybe have that conversation. But he has written a story about his life and about his family and about his underrepresented community. And I, I just feel like let that be exactly what it is because it's already giving work and representation to so many people that normally wouldn't Who get the work yeah. and representation. And I'm not saying let's eradicate black people from the story. I'm not. I'm just saying fucking hell, man. You can only expect one writer to do so mm. much. Maybe instead of coming after yeah. him because it would be an easy target because you Maybe know he cares about it. Maybe all the others in the world. Maybe everyone Maybe else that. could do a bit more. Yeah, do you see my point? Jesus Christ. I know. Do, I, yeah, I do. Um, and I know it's, it's quite a harsh thing to say because I know that it's going to get taken the wrong way by a percent of people mate i think like, well this is what the podcast hell. is for though for, for us in a way because we, we we talk to each other quite honestly and quite frankly and i spoke and so to a colleague of mine who is chilean know. and i said mm. to her how did you feel when about that and she was like i felt really angry because no offense that movie was the first time that i felt like my community was being represented without showing us all as drug dealers and prostitutes so do you know mm. what people can shut up for five yeah. minutes and let us have this moment and i was like yeah. cool i'm glad you agree thanks yeah. <laughs> it's tricky <laughs> you know that. you you have to talk to people in person i think uh, i mean i don't i don't mind talking a little bit just just before we finish but like twitter can be can be quite a toxic <sighs> place for all yeah. of that stuff um i remember I'm going to say something. So, Benedict Cumberbatch, um, feel free to shut me down on this. Um, he's a white straight guy, okay? Yeah. So, I'm not saying like, you know, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. We, we know the context of what I said. He did an interview a few years ago now, probably about five years ago, where he was talking about how um, people of colour in, 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 in acting mm. um, need to be, there needs to be real measures set in place so that people aren't being underpaid, so that women aren't being underpaid. Yes. What he said in the interview, and I will say it, but I will say it in, in a quote so you know it's not my words, is that he said, um, we re need to really make sure that coloured actors um, are, are being paid appropriately. So, um, 
I know and people watching know that you're not, you know, I say you're not supposed to, but it's more respectful to say actors of colour rather than coloured actors, quotation marks. Um, And people fucking went for him. And it was hugely ironic to me because why would you go for him? When he stumbled over something, and he is clearly, definitely on on the He's side trying of, really of, of hard people to be an of colour right now, kind you know, of thing, yeah. like he he was being an ally and he was doing it clumsily, but he was doing he it, you know, honourably, you know, yeah, and 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 you know, it could have been a very different discussion, but yeah. uh, I think that's actually a, a part of the nature of the internet and a part of the nature of, nature of social media more than more than anything yeah, else my, yeah. it's such a reactive thing that's basically what my pet peeve is it's when we we're hanging um people who are actually really really spearheading good causes for the sake of wanting someone to to attack and i just mm. don't think that that is is helpful i think that there are lots of other ways to promote mm. your cause and mm. your culture and your race and your background without going how dare you represent latin people in this one because i'm not latin no. i'm i'm something else it's like wow come on now come on now it's tricky but it's we, a big we, topic we, we tend to go after maybe people we shouldn't yeah but basically it's a thing basically hey um we could we could sit and do examples of that all day but we i could. think that we've made our point with that we have um uh, I know I've certainly got loads of people that came to mind when you said that, but I think generally in life we think you should inspire others to be on the side of the angels. That is what I think. Yeah, and you so. know this episode has been all about having people around you who challenge you, being comfortable being challenged and doing better. Like I've said that over and over again throughout this episode. Which is something you do with me, by the way, and I respect <laughs> that a lot. Thanks. I appreciate that. Um, yeah. And, I, and I, I encourage people to challenge me and I think it is a good thing. I want people in my life that will yeah, res- respect I, dude, no, I know. No, 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 no. I know that you were joking, but isn't it a mess? I look like cousin it. I'm working on you my do list. You do look like if I was casting a cave woman, like I would cast you, Amber. And look at me. Look at my beautiful shaved face. Look at this. I've shaved for the first time in fucking ages. Look at that. Oh, so wonderful. So, so perfect, to conclude, so to conclude, thank your, thank <laughs> the people who inspire you. Work to inspire others and get a fucking haircut. Yeah, we get have a been fucking haircut. Riffs and scripts. Thank you thank so you much so for listening. Much. Thank you. Um, um, you know where yeah, to reach just... us. Go on, yeah, Carl, finish yeah. up. Hit us up. Hit us up. Riffs and scripts uh, at gmail.com. Hit us up on Instagram, Riffs and scripts pod. Um, we don't do Twitter because it's toxic and disgusting. And uh, if you like Facebook, then just look up Riffs and Scripts. Um, thank you for listening to our correct opinions <laughs> once more. <laughs> Guys, uh, we, we love we love hearing from you, so please actually really do get in touch with us and um, we'll listen to you. Even if you, you think that Amber's hair is perfect as it is, you are wrong. But, you know, even if you do... <laughs> Thanks for listening once again to Riffs and Scripts. I'm Cole. I'm Amber. God, you're a cunt. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking great.